What is going on, everybody? Thank you very much for tuning in. We got another edition of the Sports Card Show podcast for you guys. And sit back and relax. I know people listen to these all different times and, and different hours of the day. Some of you do it when you're on a walk or on a jog. Some of you guys probably listen to this at work. And so I and I feel honored I can get you through your work day. Sit back and relax. You know, chances are you're not being paid enough. You know, if, obviously if you work at like Chipotle or something like that, it's like the lunch hour. You can't really sit back and relax. But uh, if you're at a desk job or something like that, just, you know, put everything on hold. Tell the boss, you know, F you. You're listening to the Sports Card Show podcast for the next 30 or 40 minutes. So what the heck are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about... Um, 2014 Donruss Baseball Factory. So let's, we're actually heavy on Panini, not by any coincidence or any by chance. Maybe they Panini probably disseminates their news a little bit better than, or a lot better than almost anybody else. And it's not like it's that hard. Like uh, set up a blog and and tweet every five minutes and and post everything on a blog, and you disseminate the news a little bit better. But anyways. 2014 Donruss Baseball Factory sets are coming out. Normally, this is just kind of like whatever, but I got an email and I saw people complaining about this because it's releasing the Series 1 and 2 and also some short print cards that people spent a lot of time and effort into collecting. So I kind of feel bad for them because now all of a sudden the set is out. Kind of all of a sudden. I mean, it's one thing if it's just the base cards and a chance at an autographed card or two, but... It's got these SP cards and rookie cards people were chasing after. So interesting there. Panini signs a deal with Texas University. Oh, they're continuing that trend. There's a couple threads on uh, blowout cards. I even posted in one of them. Um, But one of them's on Flawless. Flawless football came out. And this is one of those, you know, $1,200, $1,500, $1,600 sets. So it's like, should I buy a new laptop or should I buy a box of cards? You know, should I buy, uh, you know, a gold diamond ring? I mean, you can get like diamond solitaire earrings for nice ones for 1200 bucks. Or should I buy, you know, a box of flawless? Should I buy an ounce of gold? I think is in that. I don't know what the official, I don't know where gold is at today, but it's in that $1,000, $1,200 kind of uh, range. Should I buy an ounce of gold or should I buy a box of Flawless? So, And the, the based on what some people are finding, there's there's a set in there of, of kind of the plain, of, of not plain, but actually patch cards, usually not autographed, but I think some of the cards are autographed, of uh, particularly Russell Wilson, uh, Colin Kaepernick, and... Alshon Jeffrey, and there might be more that appear to be not what basically not what they appear. So we'll talk about that. And there was another thread on the business side of cards. And I know I talk about the business side of cards all the time, but it was nice seeing other people kind of discuss it. And there were different opinions, and I'll kind of talk about the different opinions I saw and my response to them. Finally, well, we'll talk about it right now. Check out my cards, and this is kind of the 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 trend in in retail right now is is do Black Friday as soon you know do it before Black Friday. So now you got week long Black Fridays or two week long Black Fridays or Black November months or whatever. People are 
trying to, you know, retailers are trying to stretch it, stretch that out as, as far as they can. And so people are running deals on, on check out my cards and I've probably bought, I don't know, three or 400 cards, maybe 500 cards, maybe more than that. Um, not much less than that. I bought a lot of cards on there really to resell. I didn't buy any to get shipped to me or to put in a shoebox or anything. I'm really just turning around and reselling them. Um, and I probably bought some that I've already turned around and resold, but, uh, there's some nice deals on there. I think it will get better or deeper discounts. I think, um, I think people are putting cards up now and they, they probably had some luck with some sales and they're kind of left with maybe some cards that they're willing to, to do a deeper discount on. So you might find that, Hey, if there's, if there's a card on there that you're looking at and it's only 10% off, well, if it, you know, if it's not a super hot card or super hot player, you might want to wait until black Friday or cyber Monday and the card might be a deeper discount. And you can always send people offers on there. So I did that and uh, been doing that. And that's been kind of fun. Um, let's move right into our 2014 Donruss Baseball Factory Set, the Rookies uh, Factory Set. And there's also includes one autograph. This is coming out and includes um, Series 1 and two cards and it also includes let me scroll down here sorry that makes for great radio uh 255 base cards from series one and two but it also includes 60 diamond kings and 40 rated rookies and people were kind of like collecting those cards i think you know they weren't they didn't come in every pack and so and you could you know it took quite a bit of you know opening boxes or buying cards on ebay or whatever to fill that set and so people kind of feel like you know, like I, I could certainly see how they feel if you went through all the effort of, of chasing the set down and probably paying quite a bit of money. Now you can buy the whole set. So, you know, it's not it's not that good. Not not a good. Not good. Um, it also the other not good thing. It has autograph cards of the late Oscar Tavares who appears, you know. Yeah, I, I still feel bad for him. And now I feel even more bad, more worse for the young lady and, and her family that he's with, because it appears that Mr. Tavares had some adult plenty, not just some, but plenty of adult beverages. And so that likely led to his death. So don't drink and drive out there. Don't, you know, something that now with like Uber, you know, you got Uber and you got regular taxis and you, you know, you have friends or you can just walk. You know, even if you're in like the I'm from somebody that's from the rough, mean streets of Stockton, California, you can just go and basically one of the last times I was in Stockton there, there was like this big shooting that that someone robbed a bank, took one of the like patrons of the bank. She ended up dying. I think they threw out threw one of the patrons out of the car. The other one got shot. There's all these tank. There was like literally like SWAT tanks driving by me and police cars all over the place. And it was like down the street from where I lived. So uh, not good. Not good. You can walk, though. Stockton, if I was drinking too much and I was at a downtown Stockton bar, I would still walk home. I'd take that risk over driving. So they're my little PSA. Not uh, not the grading card company, but my little public service announcement. Um, so I don't know about this dot, you know, just be aware if you're out there and you were collecting these cards, I mean, the values are going to go down considerably. 
there's going to be all these rookie tickets um, in there. Uh, one interesting card in the whole thing is, is for me at least, is there's going to be Joe Panic uh, autographs kind of in a little update set. So that's kind of neat. But the set's only going to cost 25 bucks. And I bet people that collected the 60 uh, rated rookies or 60 Diamond King cards and 40 rated rookies, I mean, that's 100 cards. So, I mean, at a dollar a piece or even 50 cents a piece, you're way over the 25 SRP for, for a whole set. So Panini does this, and this will tie, this will segue nicely into the Panini flawless uh, argument that I have here coming up. Panini doesn't give an SHIT about the cards, doesn't give an SHIT about you, the collector and the customer, and it's clear because they do stuff like this. Anybody with half a brain would say, yeah, we could come out with a rookie set with the base cards that everybody has and that are easy to acquire. And that's what Tops has been doing for years anyways. But to put the short print cards in there, or the insert cards in there that people, you know, do spend some time trying to collect. Oh, that's just a slap in your face. Why wouldn't, why in the heck did you buy Donruss all year? When you could just buy a $25 box, get a shot at the auto, get a shot at an auto and get all the cards in the set, really, that were worth anything or worth collecting. It's just not poorly, poorly executed. Rarely do they think about the customer. I even saw somebody NPN cards is worth following on Twitter if you don't already. Um, Often just tweets kind of random things, random thoughts, and I get a kick out of it, but tweeted a picture of a Johnny Manziel, I think totally certified or something certified, you know, more awesome certified. In fact, I think the, the set name was awesome signatures and it was an awesome signatures gold card. I think it was numbered out of five of Johnny Manziel. And this sticker autograph was placed on the card upside down. And so, yeah, yes, mistakes happen, but God, this is making sport this is making sports cards not manufacturing an iPhone which i would consider far more complex or let alone making like electric cars or sending rockets into space or trying to put solar panels on the top of every home in the country that we there's like one guy doing all that there's like literally one guy that is making electric, has an electric car company, put NASA essentially out of business, or basically now NASA goes through him to launch rockets into space. And no, his wasn't the one that blew up last week or the week before. Oh, and, and oh yeah, he's in the solar business too, doing all those things. Man, wouldn't we be lucky if we had somebody that could balance all those things? We're making sports cards. You can't even put Johnny Manziel's uh, autograph on the card right side up. Just shows you Panini does not care. And so, guys, I don't, you know, I wouldn't care about him. I wouldn't buy their stuff. I wouldn't, you know, spend a lot of money or spend a lot of time trying to acquire their cards because based on what they've done with the Donruss thing, based on what, you know, the upside down Johnny Manziel stickers, I mean, that happens everywhere, but come on, it's Johnny Manziel. Cards numbered out of five. But maybe more importantly, why you probably don't want to uh, support Panini, at least at the moment, 
is these Panini flawless patch cards. Again, it looks like Russell Wilson is in dispute. There's a Colin Kaepernick jersey that is certainly not one that he wore in a game. Um, and there's an Alshon Jeffrey one that appears not to be of the correct number. So it's likely a player-worn jersey or some other jersey uh, that is not his. Not player one. I mean, it might be his, but he didn't wear it in a game. Not in a, a real NFL game. And I saw people, again, this was on like a blowout thread. And I saw people making excuses. Oh, guys, mistakes happen. Oh, making jersey cards is, you know, a really complex process. Not really, guys. Not really. Panini doesn't even make the cards. Somebody else does. And if it's too complicated for them to make it, maybe you shouldn't make cards like that. Or maybe you should hire somebody that can fucking explain it to the, the person that actually makes the cards. Maybe you shouldn't put out cards like that. Yeah, if it's a $5 box and a $5 jersey card. This is a 1200 to 1500 $1,600 box. A case would set you back what, you know, you could buy... You could buy a used car for as much as what a case would set you back at. And some of the jerseys at worst or at best are either player worn or they're mixed up. Russell Wilson has some other guy on the team. And at worst... It's some jersey that Panini just buys it at, you know, Macy's or Nike.com and cuts it up and says authentic player worn on there. And if I were to bet, I would bet it's the latter. Yeah, things get mixed up and yeah, things happen. But if I were a betting man, you bet you these these companies have bought jerseys kind of off the rack and, and turned him into either player worn or game worn. You bet that happens. And uh, you guys shouldn't put up with this. Collectors are bad. You guys are better. You guys are spending your hard earned money. Again, it's one thing if you buy a $1 pack or a $2 pack and you get a Russell Wilson that may or may not be game worn and, and it may not even be his. We're talking about a $1,200 box, $1,300 box. I bought a mattress uh, like a couple months ago that cost quite a bit more than that. But you better believe if if I had bought that mattress and then it, it wasn't the brand that I thought it was, or if it wasn't as comfortable as I thought it was, or it broke down or whatever happened, I'd be pissed. I would take it back and get my money back or exchange it. But Panini's just going to ignore you. People are going to ask him, oh, what's up with this with this jersey card? What's up with these patch? What's up with these Russell Wilson patch cards? What's up with this Colin Kaepernick jersey that says game worn on the front and it's clearly a Reebok jersey? That couldn't have been worn in an NFL game that he's played in. 
Panini's just going to ignore you, or they're going to kick the can down the road. That's a, a you know, famous saying, or the saying they often stay in the financial world. They're just going to, or in the, you know, in the politics world too. They're just going to kick the can down the road. You guys will ask Tracy Hackler, or you ask whoever at, at Panini, and they're just going to give you kind of the, oh, you know, we do our best, blah, blah, blah. I'll get back to you. I'm going to notify this guy of that, and you'll never hear anything. And it's not okay. It's not okay. That's why I don't have these guys on the show. That's why when we have an interview, it's typically with like a a fan or a collector. Because they're not going to give me BS. They're going to give it to me straight. Have one of these company employees on your show or on an interview, whether it's text or written or wherever, and they're going to give you the runaround. And it's, it's, it's bullshit because you guys spent, it's, it, we're not talking about insignificant money anymore. So just be careful if you're out there, you know, I, I, you know, I, I don't fathom anybody, why anybody would pay more than a thousand dollars. You know, if you're a millionaire, yeah, a thousand dollars for a box of cards is not that much, but uh, there's not very many millionaire collectors out there. Believe me. The hobby would be in a lot better shape if there were. But, um, you know, I suggest buying single cards, but now you got to be careful with that. So, and be real careful with this game worn, game worn and player worn and all that kind of stuff right now. Yeah, I just ignore it all. And honestly, you know, I haven't been in the national, but whatever my brother always tells me when he goes to the national, he says the one thing that people are always shocked at. That, that come up to him and kind of talk to him about going to the national is how 90% of the guys there don't care about anything current. They don't care about what set just came out. They don't care about who the hot rookie is. They don't give a crap about any of that. They care about 1965 Mickey Mantles and finishing their 1970, you know, set with all centering lined up and whatever, all PSA eights or something like that. They're trying to find some oddball memorabilia. And you can see why. Because there's a lot of collectors that will wonder why I just spent 10 minutes talking about, you know, what probably are fake patch cards put out by the manufacturer. These guys don't even put up with it. They don't even care. They don't even, it's just noise to them. So moving right along, Panini, this is kind of just a minor story, is Panini signed a deal with Texas University. And I believe, like, Kevin Durant went there, and, um, you know, they have a bunch of football players that went there. And baseball, too, is, I think is a really big sport um, at Texas. I mean, Texas is just an athletic powerhouse. I know football's not quite where they want it to be, but they'll get back, I'm sure, on top at some point. Or, you know, one of the top teams in the country. So they signed a deal with Tech. I think this is just, you know, you can almost look at this as like kicking upper decks can down the road. You know, once that CLC license comes up or what ends up happening is another, you know, CLC loses some key colleges to another, you know, agent or whatever. And Panini signs with them. So then the CLC is much less valuable and goes, you know, becomes less attractive as as a licensee holder. 
So we'll see what happens. But this is really just a, another shot across the bow to try to get upper deck just to, you know, continue to struggle to do anything except really make hockey cards now and, and cards with LeBron and, and Michael Jordan on them. So that's where it is. And uh, we'll see. That's where the industry's heading. The last thread in blowout cards, and this will probably be our last topic because I don't got a whole lot else here to talk about. Um, talk about the business side of cards. And there was a lot of good perspective on there. A lot of people were talking about kind of individual sellers, people on eBay, people that are opening cards and wanting to immediately sell them or try to make a profit or going to shows and it's guys trying, you know, guys with tables that are really just trying to sell out of the hobby and try to get rid of everything they can and leave the hobby. Or it's a lot of guys there that are just trying to buy things dirt cheap to resell. And I'm kind of guilty of that too. When I'm on check on my cards and I'm buying cards, I'm not buying them to ship them to myself one day. Believe me, I got 12,000 cards, 13,000 cards on there. No way I want that showing up in my door one day. My wife might have a, might have a fit. She really would. And it's not really that many cards, but um, I don't want them. I want to resell them. And I think a lot of people are out there and there, you know, I don't think that's the problem in the hobby though. You know, wanting to buy to resell, having that desire is is ultimately not the problem. If you want to do that and, and make a little money or lose a, money, a little bit of money, it, that is happening all over the place. There's people that want to buy and resell video games and and computer printers and soda and golf balls and whatever online. That, you know, people are buying and reselling all kinds of stuff. That I don't think is is really the issue and the fact that people want to make a little money on it is not ultimately the issue. That's really kind of a um, an individual business person's problem. If, if everybody wants to buy and resell to make money and that's nearly impossible in this game, that's not the hobby's fault. That's not necessarily the manufacturer's fault. And that's not the individual's fault. That's He's just making a bad business decision. And after a while, he'll either do it for a loss, kind of as a hobby, or he'll move on to other things, kind of like a lot of us have. Kind of like me. I had a baseball card store. I bought and sold online on eBay. I was doing that all the time. Before it kind of came, you know, oh, you you know, you post it on Twitter that you do it. And, you, you know, you tell everybody, you know, I just kind of did it. And put myself through college and, and, and until the 2008, I know gas is now, I saw it at 277 here in California. I think that's about what it was when I opened my store. And three years later, four years later, about four years, I think three or four years later, it was twice as much. It was like 550. So let's hope we don't see that kind of inflation again. But, you know, there's people out there trying to buy and resell all kinds of stuff. I don't think that's really the issue in the hobby. The issue that I see is that the low-end stuff that Panini and Tops makes, and by low-end I mean for Panini, it's stickers. Here's a fact out there for you, and I know I've said this on the show before, but maybe you guys missed it. But Panini's collectibles division, which includes... There are sports cards for the NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, once hockey, and whatever else they produce for trading cards, even the Justin Bieber and and all that stuff. 
is lumped into their business where they have where they sell stickers, most notably soccer stickers. Now, if you were to guess out there, you can just guess in your head here as we go along what the percentage breakdown is. Again, you've got stickers on one side and you've got all of the sports cards, NFL, MLB, NBA, every single set from flawless to national treasures all the way down to prestige. Add up all those sales and compare them to the sales of all the stickers. And what do you think the percentage is? Is it 50-50? Is it 60-40? Is it 80-20? And which way do you think it is? And now that you've probably, you know, not that it makes for great radio for guessing in your head, but it's 70 30. 70% of Panini sales are stickers with no autographs and no memorabilia cards, just stickers that cost a few dollars each a packet or 99 cents. I don't know what the packets cost. That's 70% of their business. The other 30% is every single sports card set that they come out with. So when you, when if you're out there, there were people on the blowout thread that were saying, oh, if you do away with high end, the hobby will go away and the companies will go out of business. No, they won't. Take away stickers and Panini will go out of business. Take away national treasures, flawless, and any... Take away the whole business. Take away all of sports cards and Panini barely even blinks an eye. It's not really that much sales for them. Certainly not that much profit. But take away all the high end. Take away National Treasures and Flawless and Playbook and whatever other high end sets that Panini puts out. Absolute, Select. Take away all that. Limited. Take away all that. And they don't even blink an eye. Panini doesn't even feel it. Sports cards in the grand scheme of things, especially high-end cards, is a very small market. And things like Topps Opening Day Baseball, Topps Attacks, when that was before there was a lawsuit that kind of ended that and adrenaline, Topps Attacks was a big money maker for Topps. And I believe I don't have the, a source link to this. Uh, I might be able to dig it up. And I don't know if I have my, my exact percentage right. But Michael Eisner, who owns 25% of his group, owns 25% of Tops, was quoted in saying that Tops attacks, again, I don't know this exact percentage, but it was 20 to 30%. I can't remember if it was 20% or 30% of all of Tops sales. And think about it Tops attacks. You guys probably throw, when you get a Topps attacks card back in the day, you probably threw it away. That was 30%, 20 to 30% of what Topps did when that set was out. It was a very, very important business unit for them. And something like Adrenaline certainly probably did, you know, fairly well. I know Panini really invested a lot of money into it. Um, and, my, and probably didn't, it didn't have the, you know, the, the lifespan that they probably would have wanted. But um, low-end sets, tops opening day, even flagship tops, which has, you know, a relic card or whatever per box. It's, you know, that model, I think, is where more card, the card companies need to keep trying to go back to. 
Instead of pushing it forward, oh, we need four autographs and we need five autographs and we need $1,600 boxes and $500 boxes. No, I really think the, uh, the opposite is true. You need more $40, $50 boxes and less with one autograph or run relic in it. Or not even that. Look at the tops, uh, not tops, but Panini Soccer World Cup, Panini Prism World Cup. Didn't even guarantee an autograph in every box. And, it, you know, people were buying it and people were ripping it. And that was, you know, that was kind of expensive. It was like, I think, $100, over $100 a box for something that didn't even guarantee a relic in it or an autograph. You don't need relics and autographs and all this stuff to drive product. And don't be one of those collectors out there that are so wrapped up into your own world. Thinking, oh, high-end sets and this high-end stuff makes makes so much money and it's so important to the hobby. No, it's not. Stickers, soccer stickers are important to the hobby. Tops opening day is important to the hobby. Top series one and series two and, and update are all very important to the hobby. Low-end sets like Panini Hoops lower end I should say are very important to the hobby and it's not just because they sell that and one of the bigger reasons biggest reasons is because those kind of sets sell at Target but that's not the only reason those kind of sets sell well on Amazon too and there's a lot of parents out there that don't post on forums they're not out there tweeting about their cards and bragging about what they got and you know, talking about their PC and all that shit. There's a lot of parents out there that'll buy their kids two, three dollar packs and give them to them, or buy a box of cards for forty or fifty dollars. There's not very many parents out there buying kids eighty, ninety, hundred, two hundred dollar boxes of cards, and certainly not twelve hundred dollar boxes of cards. But there's a lot more casual fans out there than you think. And really, as a hobby, we need to grow that segment of the market. There's always going to be degenerates that will buy, buy into the group breaks or buy the 1,200 boxes for whatever reason. Whether it's a group break or whether it's to buy and sell, whether it's just for the thrill of it or whatever. There's always degens that will do that. But that's not the area of the market that... that can see a lot of growth and will get a lot of growth. It's the low end. It's the $1 sticker pack. It's the $2 sticker pack. It's the here, my here, son, have some cards and throw them around your room or do whatever you want with them. That's a much more attractive gift or pass down. And remember at the 2013 industry summit, there was somebody that did, I think my brother actually knows uh, the young lady actually quite well. Um, she did research and found, I think it was like over 50% or nearly 50% of sports card purchases was a gift or for somebody else. So the guys degening it on eBay and trying to bid up every card and trying to collect every set for themselves, they're in the minority. Most sports card purchases are bought from somebody else and given to somebody. And if you think about that logic, 
you know, I don't have kids yet. I will one day and, and, and I'll probably give them some cards, but is it, do I buy this $1,500 box that might have, you know, $1,200 fake Jersey cards in it? Should I give that to my son and have him open up and be like, no, 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 you can't touch them. And you can't really bring these out and you can't bring them to school. Or should I just give him card? Will I give him cards that, that cost $2 and he can throw around the room or bring to school or give to his friend? And I won't think twice about it. Chances are it's the latter. There's a much more people out there that rather give something to somebody and have them use it however they want. Not here's some cards. Oh, but we need to lock these up in the safe after we're done. Or we're going to go put them on eBay and make our money back after we're done. So what can you do about it as collectors? I would encourage the um, manufacturers yeah, they, they plan things out a year in advance, six months to a year in advance. So your suggestions, you'll feel like your suggestions will fall on deaf ears. And for the most part, they do. But I encourage you to keep reiterating to them what they need to do to fix their own business. And, and I mean, they should be able to figure out that, that themselves. But remember, these companies don't have any kind of centralized leadership that's kind of driving the ship, especially at Tops. I mean, we got CEO bloggers out there, but there's there's no CEO at Tops. <laughs> and that's part of the reason. But I, I, you know, like I said, they plan this stuff out a year in advance. So again, your 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 ideas will fall on deaf ears. But I'd say, hey, cut back on this high end stuff. We don't need Dynasty. We don't need Triple Threads. We don't need Sterling. We don't need Five Star. Need more of the low end. Ultimately, that'll make the hobby a little bit more sustainable. Remember, cards were around from 1950 all the way into like the mid 90s before they started getting into the jersey card per pack, autographs, all this shit. And people were doing really well. Tops was making money. They even went public and, and, and made a lot of money. Look, You can go dig through their old financials up to 2007. They were making money. Now Tops doesn't make hockey cards, doesn't make basketball cards. They won't make football cards pretty soon. Baseball market is cut in half based on the sales numbers you can get. Where you know If you do just a little digging, you can see what uh, Tops has done in sales in baseball cards for the last basically 10 years and they've been cut in half year over year. So obviously tops isn't doing well anymore. They were killing it from 1950 to 2000 and year 2000 maybe. The last 15 years or so we've kind of gone into this high end game. We've seen Fleer go bankrupt and and Leaf has gone bankrupt, and Pacific has gone bankrupt, and Donruss has gone bankrupt, and Classic went bankrupt, and all these other companies have come and gone. Yet before that, nobody went bankrupt. In fact, they all made money. Fleer, Tops, Donruss, whoever wanted to make cards was making money. They even put cards in like mother's cookies. So like cookie brands are making money. 
Well, the business model, and I, I've said it on here, and I think people are getting tired of it, but the business model is broken. It's it's not you, the collector's fault. It's not some seller on eBay's fault. It's not the guy trying to flip his card's fault. It's these manufacturers that are in some la-la land. It's not the league's fault either. I know people blame exclusives and, oh, it's the exclusive deal's fault. Not really. Anybody could get an exclusive if they wanted it. It's not the league's choosing. And that's just what these leagues do. It's easier for them. Think about it. They have one jersey provider. All the major sports. One person makes jerseys. One or two networks show the games on TV. The NBA just partnered with some with FanDuel. So we have one daily fantasy provider. And they partner with Yahoo on the season-long side. And they partner with a lot of different people. And if the business side of sports cards was a little healthier, yeah, they probably would partner with two or three companies. But I guarantee the leaks sit there, they go through the books, and they say, hey, if these two companies kind of beat each other to death, one of one or both are going to be gone. So really, the leaks are doing you guys a favor and doing the companies and collectors a favor by the exclusive. I know people aren't going to agree with that. But the exclusive uh, is more about financials, and it's not necessarily the guy that gives up the most money. It's really the financial health of the company. Again, the, the leagues aren't in business. They're not doing licensing deals to put somebody else out of business. They don't want that to happen. They do want to make the most money for them and their players, but ultimately they want a healthy industry. They want a healthy, whoever's licensing from them, they want them to be healthy. And part of the way you do that is by, you know, limiting competition as much as you can. That's not the problem. It's really how they're making these cards and the sloppiness in which they make them by putting autographs upside down, by putting what is clearly not a game-worn jersey in $1,400, $1,500 products, and it's clearly coming out with certified and playbook and this set and that set and all these different sets. When you could make it a lot simpler and you could reduce the kind of clutter out there and make it more affordable. You can fill up your gas for a month. I mean, even if you commute every day, you can fill up your tank for a whole month. I think my wife and I have um, a Honda, a newer Honda that gets really good gas mileage. I think our bill, you know, she drives a lot more to and from her work and school. She's in school. And so she drives a lot more. And I, but I still, our bill is like, I don't know, 150, we put it on uh, like a Chevron card or whatever. And it's like a hundred, 150, you know, $160 a month. This one was gas was a little bit more expensive. Now it's probably going to be, we're probably maybe be a hundred, 120 a month. That's about what it costs to what just one box of cards with maybe five or six cards in there. So it's, do I fill up my gas tank for a whole month or do I buy a box of cards? 
It, it doesn't make sense. This is why stickers that cost 99 cents or a dollar 99 or whatever. I know to fill the hole, the fill, there was like some stat going around uh, during the Panini soccer when the world cup was going on. I think it would cost somebody. It was a lot of money. It was like three to $600 to get all the stickers. But to me, that's a great model. You know, the odds are most people aren't going to try to collect the whole thing. But if they do, yeah, they got to spend three to six hundred dollars and a lot of time and effort. Imagine if you tried to collect the whole set of even kind of a lower end set like Prestige or Don Russ Rookies or uh, Top Series One. You're going to spend a heck of a lot more than three to six hundred dollars. You might spend three to six thousand. And imagine if you tried to collect a set of five star or flawless, you'd spend thirty thousand or three hundred thousand. So it's backwards. So I would, you know, to wrap up my point, I would get in front of these companies, explain, hey, we like this high end stuff, but sure, sure would like it to come out less times per year. Come out with some more sets that have one autograph or no autograph. Come out with stuff that's a little more kid-friendly and family-friendly so we can introduce more people to the hobby and make it a little more approachable. Instead of going to Target and seeing $200 boxes of whatever prestige or whatever product they had out that, that is $200, you know, $20 is good. Twenty Even $20 is a lot. I know that's not the popular opinion. Everybody, oh, we don't need any more cheap stuff or nobody collects base cards or nobody uh, collects insert cards. It's not true. I bet the, those same people would say, oh, nobody collects those sticker cards or those sticker cards aren't aren't anything for Panini. Oh, no, actually, it's their whole business. And like I said, if you get rid of National Treasures, Flawless, Playbook, Prestige, Limited, Whatever set, pick 20 sets that they make and get rid of them from Panini across all their sports, NBA, NFL, MLB, when they did hockey, any of this, any set, any sport they do. Get rid of it all, and the company doesn't even notice it at the end of the year. Guaranteed. Yeah, some employees will you know, be out of some work, but they can just go work for Tops or go work for Leaf or go work for Upper Deck. I mean, it's kind of a revolving door of you know, go work at Beckett or whatever. But serious, serious issues, uh, you know, I, I, it comes to a head at some point. Again, I don't know when that'll be. It could be five months from now. could be five years from now. But it comes to a head at some point. Somebody goes out of business. Somebody has to sell out to either Panini or somebody else. And the new buyer decides to change the business model back to, you know, $10.00. $10 boxes and $1 packs. A fresh perspective will, will realize it. But right now you got guys kind of in the business and they're just kind of running on a hamster wheel. And they're just running, running, running. These guys just, it's just really a paycheck for them. And they're trying to hit their guarantees with the leagues and they're trying to hit their royalty payments. They're trying to make their distributor happy. And they're trying to keep their paycheck going. They don't really put any, you know, look two, three, four, five years down the line or even 10 years down the line. 
So we'll see what happens. I'll be around. Hopefully. I'll be around to check it all out and to follow it with all of you guys. But until that day comes, we are done for today. So thanks for tuning in. Hopefully you guys are all doing well out there. Again, be careful with this player-worn stuff, game-worn stuff. I would not buy a card just because you it says game-worn and you're paying a premium for that over the guy's player-worn stuff. I wouldn't do it. Pay, you know, pay what you're comfortable with paying, but don't add a premium because you think it's game-worn because the jersey could have came from 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 the Nike store. So, be careful. Know what you're buying. Again, like I said, on the the, if you're one of these people that kind of impulse buy or buy snap buys things before really thinking about, it, take a breath before you spend hundred dollars, two hundred dollars, three hundred. If that's a lot of money to you, and to most people it is, from what I read out there, people are not doing. You know, yeah, you know, I've been fortunate because, you know, being in the stock market has has watched your wealth. You, you know go up hundreds of percentage points if you made you didn't even have to really be i'm an idiot and i i've i've you know done pretty well but there's a lot of people not participating in the stock market or the money's in your 401k and you're 40 years old or 30 years old and you're not going to touch that money for 30 years so i'm glad you you know hopefully you guys had you've had some money in the stock market the last couple years because it's been amazing but a lot of you probably don't have access to it or didn't participate maybe as much as you would like to, especially looking back. So money's tight. Wages haven't really gone up. Yeah, again, the stock market's gone up 100, 200, 300 percent, whatever it is. But I guarantee you a lot of your guys' wages haven't gone up 10 percent in the last five years. They might have gone down. Your job might have been eliminated. You were forced to move. So just because people, oh, the economy's back. I try to, you know, I watch financial news and there's a bunch of rich guys, you know, celebrating their trades every single day. But I try not to forget that there's a lot of people not participating in this. A lot of people that haven't gotten a raise, that haven't that that haven't gotten a promotion or haven't experienced kind of the, the growth. And so those are the kind of people, there's a lot of those people, a lot more people like that in the hobby than people that just have money to blow. So I think making things a little bit more affordable, making things a little bit more approachable um, would be useful. And not coming out with that many sets. Roll out one big set like Tops does with, with Series 1 and Opening Day and even with Heritage and some other sets. Tops has a little better balance. You know, they have a little bit more history and a little bit more experience just kind of seeing how things are done. Panini is really just doing it the wrong way. But, you know, they have soccer stickers. Honestly, that, that's what supports the whole business. Guarantee you they don't make much profit. On the 30% of sales they get from sports cards, they're spending probably 70% of the money and time on that. Whereas soccer stars, it's, it's you know, design the however many stickers there are and print them and that's it. And distribute them. That's it. It's not get it signed and get it redeemed and Panini rewards and, you know, base sets and factory sets and rookie sets and guarantee you they spend 70 they spend 70% of the time on 30% of their revenue 
So it's pretty stupid. One day they'll figure it out and they, they won't put as much time and effort into it. But until now, until now and then, you know, you get treated to upside down Johnny Manziel stickers and, and flawless patches that aren't what they seem. So on that bright note, folks, we are out of here.